Hey y'all, this is the Shogun calling to you for the the SNW experience. And uh, in this episode, Big Al returns once more to do another three episode show. This is the first three, and uh, we talk about a lot of interesting topics in this episode. And though the events leading up to this episode have been pretty eventful, I mean, a lot has happened since the last time we spoke. I mean, a lot has changed, not in, like our lives, but in like the world. I mean, the U.S. got a new president, or at least they will come January, but <laughs> we, the ongoing global bastard may have finally met its match. I mean, we might have a couple working solutions to that, well, worldwide problem, you know, and, uh, well, we finally found out what happened with Tom Hanks, you know, it was Borat all along, should have known, ah, fucking Borat, man, anyway, uh, all, well, we talk of none of this in the episode, but, you know, just wanted to mention that for those who aren't in the know, in case of, if you didn't know, now you know, so, this is the SNW experience with the Shogun and Big Al, and here we technically the third collab, but yeah, we are back on the uh, S&W experience, and I am the Shogun, and with me once again is my good friend Big Al, back here to talk about Lord knows what else. Well, I wanted to talk to you, this is the first year in since like 2009 where we have gone the whole year without a single release from Marvel. Are you glad about that? Like, I think Marvel needed to take a break. After the whole, uh, well, the end game. Yeah. So. Are you glad we have this time off that to give? You think this time off will give DC a chance to really, like, show? Hey, this is what we can do. I think DC already has shown that with the Joker movie. Yeah. I, th- I, think I mean the the DC EU. Oh, 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 yeah. the DC EU. Yeah, in a way, but the thing is, they haven't released anything yeah. this year, which is. Uh, I guess it would have been like prime time for them to release, but all of their stuff is coming next year and like the following year. So it gives them like a really good ramping off point to sort of uh, jump into the new Batman. Batman. Yeah. Whatever else they have going on. <sighs> was, uh, there was apparently a plan that would explain why we have two Batman, two Jokers, is that we would have the DCEU. You know, the comic stuff, the, both uh, Jared Leto's Joker, Ben Affleck's Batman. And then we would have a separate DC. Because the, the DCEU would be for like your comic book fans, the kids and whatnot. And the separate DC would be proper R-rated movies for the adults. Oh, so you, so you mean like the, the, the Man of Steel universe and that kind of thing? Yeah, Man of Steel and that would be the DCEU. And the adult one would be... Uh, 
what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, Robert Pattinson's Batman, they would exist in that universe. Do you think it's a good idea to have two different Batman with two different tones, two different DCs? Well, what, what's, I think, what's going to trip up a lot of people is that we haven't really done that before, have we? No. Where we've had two consecutive universes running at the same time. And two very different tones. And most of the public, I would say they're comic book aware. And then they're not necessarily comic book invested. Yeah. Like my dad still asks me, like, if Batman is part of the world. So, and okay. he's watched every single Marvel movie. In fact, he went to go watch Iron Man with me when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't, I think to like the general public that are going to take their kids to see movies and stuff and all of a sudden they get there and it's like oh no this is this is R-rated you can't bring your kids and like oh but we went to go watch the other Batman movie it's going to feel a bit confusing for them but at the same time I'm open to like this level of experimentation but I can't see where it goes wrong you don't think we could have you think you don't think having an R-rated world where we can have the Batman who laughs would be Oh, the Batman would also be incredibly twisted. It, it open it up for... Yeah, but the thing is, the Batman who laughs is built on literal decades of Batman material compounded and then exploring this whole other literal universe of uh, characters. But, yeah, I, I, I can't see... I can't see it like the dark. That story or, wouldn't work in a TG film. Oh hell, that story would never work. Or like, what was it? The, what was it? The, what do they call the Flash version? Flashpoint. No, the the Flash. There's a version of Batman that became the Flash. Really? Yeah, it's like there's the man who laughs. There's the uh, there's a Green Lantern version. I don't know if you if you've seen. I've heard of that. Yeah. He, his willpower was so strong, it overrid the ring, and then like at age 18 or something, he killed every single other Green Lantern member and altered the core itself. And then he killed the entire council. It was a very messed up plot. It was a very messed up plot. I, I still need to... Oh, well, I finished it, but I never understood it whilst reading it. Uh, the whole like dark metal universe that they have going on now. But um, it does open up some interesting avenues for storytelling. Like you said, like this adult version of the DC universe. The whole yeah. But in this, uh, this, well, we, well, I'm not going to keep saying like adult version. Let's just say the R-rated version of the DC. Mature. Yeah, the mature version. In this R-rated DC universe, would a character like Lobo perfectly fit well? Or do you think he would work? in a PG, in the DCEU. It depends what interpretation of Lobo you use. Just like it depends what interpretation of the Joker you use. Yeah. yeah. There's Jared Leto's Joker, which I don't think many people take seriously. You don't, really. And then you haven't been given much to work with. And then there's Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, which is like, oh, okay, yeah. this, this is... He's a threat. He's a threat. I mean, he only killed like a couple guys. But yeah. I, I sort of... It's, it's not, it's sort of his message that we were trying to get across where he was, he came from the point of view of somebody who was like kicked down, downtrodden, very frustrated yeah. uh, 
with how society in Gotham at that time was structured. Yeah. So he like, you know, appealed to the people, and that's why all these fucking riots started happening. Like, oh, we are a Joker. Before that movie came out, there was all this uh, this thing like, oh, he's gonna, this film will inspire violence, it's gonna cause actual riots and shit. No, like, it won't. No. It won't. I feel like, I feel like people wanted that movie to fail. Yeah. I, I don't, and I don't know why. I think it's mainly, well, from a comic fan perspective, it would be like, Joker doesn't have a set origin story, and that's what this movie is trying to do. Like, this movie shouldn't exist from that standpoint, but other than that, I also cannot see why you'd want something like this to fail. It seems like an interesting perspective. So, the one thing that I, uh, I actually remember doing this during an English lesson. I read the entire sort of multiverse uh, arc for this. It was quite an old arc. Was, we're talking about 2016, 2015. Where, like Batman sat in like the chair of truth. You oh, can yeah, ask yeah. him any question, and it's like, uh, who is the Joker? And the chair replied, there are five Jokers. So there's five different interpretations of one character that you can bring. Joaquin Phoenix is one. It's just one. Heath Ledger's another. Jared Leto's. It needs work, yeah. a lot of work, but it's there. So I don't think Joker having an origin story is bad. It's just one version of the Joker. Just like each version of Batman will in its own way be different. In each version of Superman, it's like when you have... Oh, it sucks about each version of Batman is that we have to see each version of Martha and Thomas Wayne getting shot I, again I, and again. I don't think Robert Pattinson's one will touch up that like them dying yeah. just like Tom Holland's one won't show Uncle Ben dying again dude and we've <laughs> only seen that twice I didn't need to see that again. dude I cried the first time I don't need to well, yeah it was so very good they could when it came to like Amazing Spider-Man I feel like they could have gone a different way like Ben shouldn't have died like we should have got cause you know there was the there was actually a Spider-Man where Uncle Ben didn't die and Aunt May died instead and he was this totally different, he was like a more aggressive Spider-Man and his story changed drastically. I feel like we should have gotten that with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Like Ben should have lived and May should have died because it would really have been the untold story. I don't, I don't feel like he was so much of a nerd in that movie. He wasn't! He was dude, he was, he fucking skates to school and he's like standing up to bullies and like what the f- and he's Andrew Garfield! Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Like fucking Tobey Maguire would have killed to have been this guy. Do you think Tobey would have necessarily played <laughs> playing that version? Nah, man. It's just... Tobey's too nice. Yeah. It's like... Even the voice too, it's just... Nah, man. Tom Holland is way too nice to be that version. <laughs> Yeah, but well, Tom Holland isn't really nerdy in his, his Spider-Man he is, isn't that. He is quite nerdy. I don't know. I, uh, I don't think he's like Tobey Maguire levels of nerd. Some of the stuff he does is kind of, I hate to break this to you, but dumb. What? There's a scene in Homecoming with the, he gets the space rock off one of the weapons 
there's a, a rock that powers this highly powerful weapon that rips ATMs out of the wall. And how does he figure out how it works? I'm gonna grab a hammer and I'm gonna smash the shit out of it until it opens up. Really? That, you're supposed to be smart and that's your solution. Just, it's like a mini. I think hindsight for him is very important. It's like you think about stupid stuff you done in high school. Like, there's a lot, like, personally, between both of us, there's a lot of stupid shit that we've done in high school. We're still in that phase. So I don't, if, if, if Toby Maguire, Spider Man, did that, I'd be like, oh, that's a bit sus, man. You're a university student. You don't think a little yeah. Andrew Garfield's one. Andrew Garfield, I don't know. But there was the the apex of the stupid shit he did was when the water thing showed up in Far From Home. Okay, we both know it was drones because we know now. But in that moment, it was a water beast. And what he tries to do, he tries to web it. Really, man, that was dumb. Isn't that kind of like every every cop when a supervillain shows up? Nah, like, man. Oh yeah, let's unload the Glock and see what happens. Literally nothing. Oh yeah, let's go for round two. <laughs> it did like one oh, point of Sandman, like, dude. <laughs> he is a man made of sand. Oh, that think? ain't gonna do anything. Do what do you? Do you really think bullets? Dude. <laughs> Just. Oh shit, man. It always. That always amazing. They just put down the gun. Go run. We just run. Stop running. This is clearly out of your jurisdiction. Just run, man. Yo, like the FBI agent comes to tell you this is out of your jurisdiction. The big Sandman is telling you, boy, this is out of your jurisdiction. Leave. What a world, dude. Just. It's not, do you think cops would do that in our day and age? If they saw a man made of literal sand, no, they'd bolt. They yeah, they'd probably bolt. bolt. They'd they wouldn't bolt. Just... Hell, hell, security guards bolt when crooks arrive, and that's their job. Yeah. So, come on. It's not out of the realm of realism. This cop would just book it, you know? Yeah. They'd do a cross country lap, just, he's out of there. Oh. It's, it's not even the thing with. To Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I'm not saying he's dumb, but just the Far From Home really accentuated the shit. Like, okay, Tony gave him these glasses. That and was dumb. That was dumb. The first dumb. thing you do is give them to a guy you've only known for like a day. You gave it to Jake Gyllenhaal. Dude. You gave it to Jake Gyllenhaal. Out of all people. Uh, I, I watched this video. It's called Everything Wrong With uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. It shows like this scene where he, he like hands over the glasses and he's like, you know, Mr. Stark would have liked you. And the video guy goes, no, he wouldn't. Did you not remember that Tony Stark is an excellent judge of character? He would not have just, <laughs> he would have done a background check on this guy first. Obviously. Dude. Oh, that was so, that was so stupid. I would, it would have made, you know, he, he loses those glasses like a bunch of times, but still, to just, it would have been. It would have made more sense if Mysterio find a way to trick him into like. Yeah, giving, giving up. them up. Not like oh, he, he just willingly. In a way. In a way. In a way. In a way. This naive high schooler yeah. who gets like this billion-dollar flippin' weapons technology. I would have taken that thing, put it in my bag, and never touched it. Yeah. Never touched it. 
Also, it didn't make sense when, when Tony Stark gave that to him. Yeah. He's Spider-Man. He does not need He's that. He's just a kid, too. You, you give that to somebody like, who, who would you even give that to? to? Also, it's pretty worrisome that Tony Stark has a satellite packed with armed drones just orbiting the planet. No, just... I don't find that weird at all. I find like that, that is right up to Tony Stark and Batman occupy a very certain space, so we'll do very questionable shit just in case. Just in case. Like, what was that one comic where Batman literally had like files and files of like each each different member of the Avengers and their weaknesses and, and their shit. weaknesses and then it gets stolen I remember that it was an episode of Batman Brave and the Bold dude that just although at the end I will forgive that because of that badass line at the end it's like where Superman asked him you had all these contingencies against us yet you didn't have a single contingency in case you turned evil and he goes I did it's called the Justice League I was like damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That was cool. <laughs> that was cool. Dude, even when he's dead wrong and he's totally the bad guy in this scenario, he's, he's like, yeah, I'm still wrong. I'm still. Oh shit. I I watched a video by I don't know if you know who Cosmonaut is the Cosmonaut variety show. Heard of it? Yeah. Yeah, but he was going into like depth about how stupid Man of Steel is and then how stupid. What does that mean? How stupid Man of Steel is. What? I, I, he's like, he brought up points where Superman was written wrong. And like, he, he gave an example where, you remember where he, when he saved those people on that oil rig and then he washed up shore and he just stole those guys' clothes. I felt like Superman would have gone up there and like knocked on the door awkwardly be like, hey, I just, can I get some clothes? It made me think Superman would definitely do that shit. Probably. You're probably, probably right. But this one is just like, no. Yeah. Dude. No and he fucked up that guy's truck. Yes. Yes. That's the other point. Dude. That is quite vindictive. That is quite yeah, but that guy was being a dick, man. Okay, Come right, on, but dude. still, like, he fucked up his truck. I would have, like, cut, like, take the tires out and, like, thrown it on some, like, roof. Yeah, that's one thing. But this dude ripped, ripped out a telephone pole. And shoved it into the truck. Dude. <laughs> what the? F uh, also, he made a note of how the suit looks stupid. What do you? What did you think of the Man of Steel suit? I like the fact that he didn't have underwear on the outside. Yes. Yes. Please. Oh. I really like that. As long as there's no underwear on the outside, I don't give a shit what it looks like. It looked ridiculous, but it was great. I can't wait to see the Snyder Cut with the black suit. Oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah. gonna be. We should have got. I'm glad we didn't get that with the wind cut, cause like, I don't know, dude. It wouldn't have been the same. I I don't know if you know about the um, the trend that a lot of movies are taking now, especially these big budget superhero movies where it's yeah. they're moving towards like putting it on streaming services like HBO. Yeah. What do you think of that? Do you? I, it's safer. It's definitely safer. But I prefer to watch movies in the cinema. There's just I don't know. Like you said, with Akira, that movie was made to be seen in the cinema. Yeah. There's just something about watching it with this in this cinema with the sound and the screen and everything. It's just this experience. It's, it's definitely an experience, and it yeah. it sort of it leaves that first impression. 
yeah. in your head. Like where you have to sit through and watch everything. You have to watch the whole movie. Because it's like, with the streaming service, you can watch like the first hour in the movie, put it on pause, go to work, whatever, and then come back yeah. and watch the rest. And it sort of breaks that immersion level that the movie wants to deliver it to. Yeah. With cinema in mind. Like, I feel like a lot of shows that are built for streaming services are quite like packed in there. And it's, it's streaming services were made for series. Series were made for streaming services. That's how I feel. And even in an episode, it's like broken down into sections. Like, okay, you can pause here. You or, can pause here. Or like, you can step out at this point and you're not going to miss anything. <laughs> Yeah. But I remember I read something that uh, Christopher Nolan said about, like, uh, oh yeah, film, talented filmmakers thought they were working for outstanding film studios, for like, they were working for the best film studios, only to realize they were working for the worst streaming services. Apparently he hates the idea of movies being ported to streaming services. He feels like his film specifically, and films in general should be seen in a cinema. You agree? Yeah, seeing Dark Knight in the cinema and seeing Dark Knight at home, two very, yeah. very different things. Like, like we were talking about earlier with Akira, like even watching, the, watching that movie on like a laptop and just seeing that sprawling landscape whenever you would like drive on the highway and you see that thing in the background. With not, the sound. With just the like, sound, like with that level of immersion. It's not made to sit on your laptop or on your phone or even in your house with yeah. maybe a little bit of surround sound. The cinema is like a boot. It's like a tested environment, you know, yeah. for, for immersion. That ending where dude gets all huge and he's like crushing people. Just, that was just, that would... That would have seemed kind of cartoony if you were watching it like on your laptop. Like, mm, yeah. yeah, it really would. Yeah. I feel like there was more. There was more that film could. Have, you were right though about. It feels the beginning and the end for like two totally different films. Yeah, it does. If, but Akira. Akira literally opened up the West to anime and, yeah. and that kind of thing because the money that they made from mm. Akira, they put it towards like a foundation that um, that began distribution and like dubbing with Dragon Ball, Naruto, all these other animes that people in the West know. So it's, it's kind of wild to think that this is what started it all. Yeah. This is like the progenitor of yeah, it is a great one, too. If there was ever one that would, it just would do it. It's not like... you see the Grave of the Fireflies? It is depressing. That is the thing with anime, like an American animated film and an anime. You would never get this kind of emotion watching a film like from the States. Unless it's like a Pixar story or whatever. But even then, you get the feeling they kind of reel it in. Yeah. Oh, with Grave of the Fireflies, this film is so sad. I haven't watched it. Like, what's it about? Yeah, it's this set during uh, World War II, during the war with Japan. This uh, this brother and sister have to, like, travel across country and try to stay alive after their town gets, like, bombed during a bombing run. Their mother gets, like, horrendously burned. And it's just... This is brutal. This is like... 
dude, I watched this film and I'm like 30 minutes in, I'm just like, damn, do I really want to keep on watching? Just, it, you'll be sad by the end of it. And you, I know these characters are fictional and whatnot, but damn, this movie left me wrecked. You see them struggling, like the brother has to like steal and scavenge for food, and then the sister gets really sick, and he's like, oh man. This is thing is, you know it's gonna end badly because it starts with the brother just laying there all skinny and shit, like near death, and they're searching for bodies, and he's just laying there looking, like he can't even like, like he's so weak he can't even raise his hand, just like I'm still alive. It's just oh. Bleakness in the story. This, like, okay, this is a very tonally different movie that was made around 20 years ago called Perfect Blue. I don't know if you've heard of Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue was written by this. Well, I'm trying to remember this this manga cut. He, it's not Shindo Al. It's I'll, I'll I'll figure out the name. But basically, it's about the celebrity, this very popular idol who in Japan moves on to acting right? and then like she's trying to like blow up her acting career and she does like some pretty questionable scenes and stuff like that and then there's a stalker that has like that has been stalking yeah. alright cool. yeah, about, about two right. yeah so, stalker and like the stalker has this image of her in his head you know, how she's supposed to be. Meanwhile, she's this person that's changing, you know, transitioning from a, from a singer into, well, an actress. And then he like hunts her down and tries to rape her. And it's very, very warped. And it, it, it sort of, it can be related to this day and age where you have celebrities that, you know, perceive to be the certain way, Amber Heard, and they're like completely different as an actual person. Love the not so subtle name drop you did there. I have to, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Justice for Johnny Depp, please. Can we just, no. Yeah, we talked about that a while. Huh? Oh, it so frustrates me that she's in Aquaman 2. I will not watch that movie. I'm not paying money to watch that movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm not watching that movie. Oh, you will not pay money to watch that movie, okay. I, oh. You probably get like a friend to download it for you. Just, yeah. I can do it myself. It's, it's, it's cool. I can do it myself. I'm not paying money to watch that movie, please. Like yeah, the petition. Do you remember that thing? 1.5 million signatures to remove Amber Heard from. There weren't that many signatures for the Snyder Cut, man. Oh yeah, there were not that many. Dude, that's like a pop. That's a that's a country right there. Yeah, it's two million right now. Dude. It's like a small Scandinavian nation is very pissed off at Amber Heard. I am part of a small Scandinavian nation. I'd like I'd like you to know. <laughs> I didn't want to bring any controversy in this into this episode, but it just I just I have to, man. I have to. Anyways, let's just move away from controversy. Uh, what else can we talk about? I really wanted to. With the upcoming Suicide Suicide movie, Suicide Squad movie, I really wanted to go in depth on that first film. The, like, what did you think about the characters, the themes, the plot? I've watched that movie a total of once. Mm -hmm. That's when it came out in the cinema. It's 
the only time I've watched the Suicide Squad. Did you think of Will Smith? I think Will Smith was great. I think he was genuinely a good Deadshot. A very good impression of like how Deadshot carries himself. Like a little cocky, you know. <laughs> he's, he's good. He, he has him and uh, what's her name? Margot oh, Robbie. Uh, Margot Robbie. They really did just like put the foam on their back and just carried it <laughs> across the finish line. About the villain, the enchantress. I uh, I almost forgot there was a villain in that movie because how boring she was as a character. There was nothing interesting about her, to be honest. I like the first run of that movie. I found not many things interesting. Jared Leto's Joker. Why was he surrounded by those guns in that room? Just why? That was a weird scene. That was a very weird scene. And those knives as well. Was it knives or guns? It was knives. It makes for a cool shot, but when you think about it, it doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, he's just gonna... Individually lay them out like that. Just... And he's just gonna laugh in the middle. For whatever reason, he, he can. It's not even like anything funny was said before that. All he said was, bring the car out. And then he laid there and started laughing. Just, okay. That was... Point, very pointless scene. Yeah. Imagine the guy who like had to sit there and Dude, put that all, poor guy. That poor the guy. Poor intern. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, all right, let's shoot. And he does it the first time. He's like, really? Really? That's all? We, we, we took 20 minutes to set up these knives. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Now pick that shit up. Now pick that shit up. <laughs> yeah. We but, bought these on special. We got to get them done. Not comparing Jared Leto's Joker to any other Jokers, but like on his own, how does he stack up? He doesn't stack up because there's nothing much to stack. He has this much character. I don't know, it's a podcast, so I'm pointing, I am indicating a very little amount compared to every other Joker that we've gotten on like a big screen. I'm not counting stuff in the 90s, obviously. That's a whole different... But that was a whole different interpretation of the Batman and Joker. Yeah. Okay. The squad as a whole. Uh, it feels like a very Suicide Squad thing. I will. I will admit. Like compared to the Suicide Squad that we got in Arrow, it's a little less cohesive. Like how these characters came through. Like with the Arrowverse, it's all these villains that have fought Oliver Queen and then get captured into Argus. And eventually Oliver Queen joins the Suicide Squad at some point. So it felt less cohesive, but just like the charisma from Margot Robbie and Will Smith really pushed that movie over, over the what was it? It was Killer Croc. There was the what was the boomerang dude? Didn't he Captain die? Boomerang. Yeah, didn't he die? No. Who's that the guy that died? That was Slipknot. Yes, and he <sighs> Slipknot, the man who can climb anything. What kind of, what kind of stupid movie is that? Dude, this is DZ. There is a rat man, a polka dot man, and they're in the next Suicide Squad. Just, I guarantee you they'll be written better than Slipknot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they will be written better than Slipknot. He didn't have much character, dude. He didn't really have much screen time. 
why was he in the movie? It's like, oh, this villain, dead. Yeah, just his power is he can climb anything. Okay. Absolutely pointless. And there's a, what was it, Katana Lady? Katana. Best name ever. Straight to the point. What does she have? A katana. That's it. Yeah. Literally, all we know about her is this is Katana. She's got my back. I would advise not getting killed by her. Her sword traps the souls of its victims. And that's it. That's all the backstory we get. Okay. She was in Arrow. Really? Yeah, she was. She was in Arrow. Uh, she's part of like the whole Wazel Group storyline. Probably a different. Yeah, it's most definitely a different person. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like maybe a different interpretation of the character, but yeah, it is what it is. <sighs> I'd like to forget that first Suicide Squad movie when I walk into this one. How come? I don't know. It just it seemed for me it's just very forgettable. The only thing I can remember of it is like Harley Quinn and Deadshot. That's it. Amanda Waller, a little bit, but like everybody else, just meh. Even though she didn't look like a, because Amanda Waller was a pretty big woman. Yeah. Even though she didn't have the size, she really had that presence. She had that, yeah, that Amanda Waller presence. Yeah. Dude, she like she could literally walk up to Killer Croc and talk shit to him. And you like, would do not. Yeah, he would do jack shit. Like just the, there was a scene where like when they discovered it was Waller that they were going to rescue and they looked, they all looked kind of pissed about it and then Katana was reading the blade and Waller was like, I got this. It's just that level of like assurance, like, I got this, don't worry. And she just puts out the phone with all the triggers and shit. They're like, oh man, just, now they're slowly backing up. Just, oh damn. <laughs> she nailed that role, man. She did, but... I don't think Amanda Waller is like that hard to pull off. I mean, we've seen a few people do it. There was again that lady in Arrow who did it really freaking well. And I don't think it's quite a hard role to pull off. She functions as like a lesser Nick Fury in a way. Less, more questionable. Yeah, I, more I, questionable Nick Fury. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to draw any comparisons between August and like. August she, isn't shield. Yeah, August is not shield. But I can definitely see some level of comparison between her and Nick Fury. Yeah. With the whole helicarry thing. But I feel like there was less Nick Fury pushing for it and more shield. Mm. Spoiler alert. If you haven't watched Winter Soldier, which you really should. Um, Where is it now? The tri-carrier? Yeah, the tri-carrier. Yeah. Where is that thing? That's a good question. You, like, they blew all of them up, right? But then, in the second Avengers movie, there's a helicarrier. Is it? It's not the original heli helicarrier, is it? No, I think they all got. No, no. In Winter Soldier, he said like everyone got retrofitted with repulsors, like thanks to Tony Stark after what happened in Avengers when he got stuck in the oh yeah yeah like, he the got fan. yeah yeah. So it must have been blown up with the rest of them. But like, wait, he said like uh, he found it, he found an old one somewhere. Now it's a tri-carrier because it can go on in air, sea, and in space. Yeah. It can like split up into. But where is it? 
Where the fuck was Fury? Because in Far From Home, we see him like... Where do you hide something that big? Where do you hide something that big? I would love to know. Did Fury like get his whole... Like spend his like retirement money and just has this warehouse somebody somewhere. And like some some janitor is going to walk in. This is just the freaking... Because <laughs> I saw it like the end credit for Far From Home. He, he got the message from the scrolls. And he's like sitting in some room that looks like a beach. He gets up and like, ah. Can someone tell me where where are my shoes? Like, what? Yeah, yeah, that didn't make any. That, that that's a lot of questions right there. That's a that's a lot of questions. For okay, us. number one, where the fuck is Nick Fury? Number two, wherever he is, there's a room that's been made to look like a beach. Number three, Nick Fury is just wandering around with no shoes. <laughs> where are my damn shoes? Yeah, it, it, it opens up the um, the possibilities for where he'll be taken as a character. He's been like he made a cameo in the first Iron Man movie, didn't he? Right at the end. Yeah. Or was that a cutscene? I can't remember. It was anchor. Oh, I I can't I can't. So <laughs> it was originally longer, but like they shortened it. Oh yeah. Because uh, they didn't own the right to like Spider-Man and X-Men yet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in the scene, he, he he stood there, and in the original scene, he just said, "You have become a part of a larger universe than you know." And then he was like, "Who are you?" Uh, he's like, "I'm Nick Fury, director of Shield." In the longer cut, he goes into like depth. I yeah, remember, I remember he's like radioactive bug bites, mutants, and then he's like, "You become a part of a larger universe." Still. He's been there from the beginning. I feel like his roles have been very condensed. That's why he hasn't like... I wouldn't say he suffered from burnout from the Marvel movies, but that's why he's been like... He has, has much more longevity in this sort yeah. of this franchise as a whole. He's not in every movie, but he's in enough that he's like a feature character. Yeah. And I think the character would be most... I think second, the second most to Tony Stark would be four now if he gets his movie. Because what was that? 2011. In nine years. In nine years. Well, it's gonna be 10 or 11. Yeah. I am excited to see where they take Thor as a character. Natalie Portman's a new Thor, isn't she? Why? Why? I didn't like her in the first two movies. I felt like she was such a handicap. What do you mean why, man? Didn't you see that uh, that Comic Con where Taiko Waititi gave her the hammer and she was like, yeah. If, if he can make her funny and actually interesting, I will pay attention. I did not find her quite interesting in the first two movies. She was just, for me, she was just Thor's girlfriend. I didn't find anything like very interesting about her. Yeah, I was kind of irritated by her in the second movie though. The whole magic is just science thing. That's just I hate when they do that. Oh, man. it's just the life out of me. But there was this uh, the scene in the dark world where they're doing like this scan of her with this like stone or whatever, some kind of method, and she's like, oh, so it's basically like an X-ray machine. It's just lady, shut the fuck up, just. Stop. Just enough. The, the character literally proves 
that there is a big difference between science and magic is Doctor Doom. Why? Because he uses both. That's why. God. And I hope I hope they don't bring him in one movie and kill him. He's not. They do that like every. They movie. do that a lot. It irritates me. They they do that a lot. I think the only villain they haven't killed is Loki. Well, they killed Loki, but he keeps coming back. He keeps he keeps showing up. It's Loki, uh, it's Vulture, and it's uh, what's his name? He's supposed to have a purple mask Ooh, from yeah. Civil War. Yeah, the dude. I know his name. I know Zemo. Him. Yeah, Zemo. Yeah, He's he does have the mask in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. That hasn't come out yet, has it? No, but we've seen like snapshots of. He, he is quite cool. I would like he's to, just a guy. He's just he's just a guy and he pulled that off? Dude. Just a guy. Caused a full-on civil war amongst the Avengers. He's just one guy. Caused all that shit for you. You think he would have been as he would have been taken as seriously if he had the purple mask? <laughs> no. No. No, I would not take it seriously. Yeah, just dude walking around town, purple mask. <laughs> What's more menacing is that he doesn't have a yeah. He was just like, I'm here. I've got nothing to lose. Literally nothing to lose. You took away everything I had. That's the thing. I'm going to they made him family. kind of relatable. They made him in a way relatable. Yeah. Where I, I I always wonder that question. They of course so much of fucked up shit. How is there not more of this dude? Like I I don't think I don't think be like considering the credentials he has of being like, you know, special ops. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think there's many special ops people who've been involved in that kind of shit. Dude, I think I've asked this before, but like why are the Avengers getting flag for the shit that happened in New York? That wasn't That was them. not them. That was not that was them. not their fault. That yeah. was they were they were getting, you saw when they were like in Civil War they were they showed the clips from New York, listen like they were the ones being held responsible. That wasn't on them. There was, it was not, an alien invasion. There was literally an alien invasion. How can you blame the Avengers for that? Yeah. Oh, it baffles my mind when they bring up New York. Like, but New York happened. Really? You think that was them? Yeah. You think that was them? With Sokovia, you can put the yes, blame you, on them because Iron Man built Ultron. So yeah, yeah, that's entirely. That, that's a whole city. Yeah. That's a whole city in the sky. Gone. Just. Just gone. Oh yeah, and the lawn guy for. For the Avengers facility, he's gonna have a hell of a time coming Dude, in on you Monday. Keep bringing that up. <laughs> I mean, like, think about it. Look at big ass crater in the ground, man. Look at the series of craters. Yeah. Like, oh, I imagine dude. his job was like very relaxed for like a few years. Like for the for five years, like ah, oh, I just mow the lawn like, once a month, and then he comes to work on Monday. Like, fuck, what is this? <laughs> then, uh, the question with the Avengers is where do they go from here? I mean, we can't really... People say the next big threat is going to be... It's that guy. The guy who travels through time with the purple head and his blue and shit. He's not a threat. Fuck no. Uh, I, I, know, I, know, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. People say it could be him because like Galactus would be... Well, they can't really do Galactus because he's a Fantastic Four guy. Thanos? 
They can do Galactus. You can pull off Galactus. He's more of a Fantastic Four dude. You could say the same thing about Thanos. You could say the same thing about Doom, but he's fucked over so many superheroes. Yeah, but just... Those are rare occasions, man. That doesn't happen on a regular basis. When people think about Galactus coming down, the people he encounters are the Fantastic Four. Not the Avengers, but still though. So... Who do you think would be the next logical big bad? I'm, I'm still trying to think of this dude's name because it's bothering yeah, me so much. I've seen him. I know what he looks like and I know his stick, but I don't know his name. Yeah. It's just... Oh, he's gonna be... He, we can't even remember his fucking name. You can't even... They could make him menacing. We don't know. Thanos designed to be menacing. Galactus designed to be menacing. Doom with the right tools designed to be menacing. We're talking world ending threat here. Yeah. 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 But if not a guy with time travel powers, I mean, who else could you have? It's just a guy who has the ability to travel through time and fuck with history in any way, future or past, it's a pretty threatening thing. It is quite threatening when you think about it. It is true. But didn't they say time travel doesn't work the same? <laughs> I never understood that. I never understood I never, their term. I never though. understood that. That was, that was kind of stupid. That's yeah. kind of stupid. Like you travel in the past and you change events. Like it doesn't affect the past. Like you're not going to travel in the future and everything's different. But like, uh. I feel like with movies like, oh, you can't like interact with X, Y, and Z. It's really just pushing the butterfly effect thing yeah. to work. Level. Dude, it's it's a miracle that they went back and they did all the shit they did, and they didn't change the timeline at all. Yeah, it's just because that whole Captain America thing, the the Hell Hydra. You told me that didn't change anything. Oh, that, that definitely changed something. Dude. The entire Winter Soldier is going to be a totally it's different gonna be a very now. You're going to have some very confused Hydra agents. But wait, we thought he... Wait. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> and he told the other Captain America, Bucky's alive. Dude, like, just... He really just fucked with the man's head right there. Man. Uh, uh, that is seriously messed up the timeline. But that's not the thing. That's not what we're going to see. Yeah. We already saw those events happen, yeah. but with none of the alterations. So, because not, it creates this theory like, well, if they went into it and nothing changed, does that mean they were always there? That was really that interesting topic. What's that? Nah, just getting a message from my mom. It's cool. Does that mean they were always there? That's it really does open up that possibility. If them being there didn't change anything, does that mean they were always there? They were always going to travel through that time. I feel like that... Yes, they were always there because... Do you remember that scene with Peggy? Where yeah. they bring in her coffin and there's yeah. that old grey-haired guy in the dude. front. Steve. And then we see Steve Rogers, he looks just like that guy. Yeah. So that he was Steve, always there. He was always there. Oh shit. Maybe that's why that 
a bald guy was so confused when they dropped him on the roof. I'm like, wait, I thought you were Hydra. <laughs> In Winter Soldier, there's actually a, a pretty interesting Easter egg that doesn't make a lot of sense. Because they name drop Stephen Strange. He was, there was the, this Hydra guy. He's like he lists all the people that they they were keeping an eye on, and he mentions Stephen Strange. But like, see, in the comics it would make sense. Okay, he's Doctor Strange and all that. But in that time period, he was just a doctor. Why would Hydra keep tabs on Stephen Strange? But the thing is. That would make sense if Doctor Strange, because Doctor Strange on its own, like the first movie, doesn't really connect with any of the other like, greater Marvel events. It's never hinted at, right? Like he, he works where in New York, doesn't he? Yeah. As a fucking doctor. When have they ever mentioned the fucking space thing? Not once. It's like it just happened. And people got on with it. I think it's a very New York thing. <laughs> it's a very New York thing. It just happened. Yeah. And we're moving on with our lives. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, that was last week. We, yeah. we heard about the aliens. Better <laughs> <laughs> sense it. I remember telling you about the this thing in Spider-Man 3 with the, the lizard. And he was there was this lizard eating out of the, this giant hot dog cart and this one the cart dog and it was like, hey stop eating my hot dogs, get off the cart, shoo, shoo, but there's a giant ass lizard and you're just like shoo, shoo. <laughs> it's a, it's a New York they just don't care. They just don't give shit. Dude, I'd be freaking the fuck out if there was a human-sized lizard just walking around town. Kurt Connor's lizard in Amazing Spider-Man was pretty well written, you'd say. I think he was well written. His plan was dog shit at the end. Yeah. It's like, we're gonna make everybody lizards now. But they're like, they're not missing arms. Still, we're all becoming lizards. Um, I have some questions. First one, why? <laughs> really? <laughs> you said it earlier, a lot of these plans and a lot of these things where you look at and just go, why? <laughs> just why, man? Zod's plan made sense, although he was like, kind Zod's plan made sense. Yeah. Couldn't Not he just do that on like the moon or something? That would have fucked up the earth and I don't think the moon is ready to become a planet. Reason it orbits something else. Also, isn't Krypton bigger than Earth? It is, but... You're not gonna go do that shit on Mars, are you? I'm just saying, he could do that shit anywhere once he got the codex, right? Yeah. Why do the shit on Earth where there's already a population and you know Kal-El ain't gonna be up with that shit? Just go to Mars, do it there, and live life, man. There's no, there's no need for this shit. I, I always, like, I always, like, try and theorycraft what will happen in the DCEU when they have an established universe. Like, what storylines will they then Bullock. There's some fucking good storylines for DC. Holy shit. Like the... Um, you think we'll ever get Nightfall? Nightfall? You mean the Batman story? Yeah. Oh yeah, I can I can see that happening. Robert Pattinson's Batman? Fuck yeah. Really? I can see that happening. Not Batflake? Batflake is already fucking Nightfall. Okay, let's be... No, he's, he's Dark Knight Returns. That's... <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't even go so far, because 
the whole point of Batman is that I think Cosmonaut put this perfectly when I was watching his review. He said Batman values life above everything else because his parents' lives and his life was affected because of random act of violence. He never wants to have that to happen again. Nightfall does not give a fuck. That flick is busy taking whole crates and smashing it against people's heads. You remember that scene in, in, in uh, BVS? He, he hooked a crate, just smashed it against this guy. That dude is dead. I don't expect him to live. Shit. And then he blew up that car. He fucking killed Dragged him. it around he for a bit. He literally has a system of murdering criminals in jail with a branding. Oh, he, didn't, he didn't kill them. He didn't kill them, but he's going to be like, you fucking killed this guy for me. Thank you. No, he didn't do that. That was like Luther, part of his like scheme and shit. But like Batman was busy branding fucking people. With a cat. Batman Because when does Batman brand people? He's never branded people. <laughs> I feel like that's just a Snyder thing. That's a fucking, so we should just that's, that put is, that to one that, side. That, that's, he's already Nightfall. I don't see that happening. How can you get more brutal than that? I mean, brand you so that when you go to jail, you get fucking executed. Uh, secondhand murder. Shit. No. Oh, he's, he's already Nightfall. He's already Nightfall. I'm just trying to picture Batman. You know, swinging around town, driving with that red hot brand in his pocket or something. Just <laughs> <laughs> like he has a heat, like he has like a heat chamber. Yeah, you're like, a, you're like a cigarette chamber. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's like he presses it a few times. It's like, shit, it's not what Alfred, remember to, remember, remember to refill the brand oil. There's a robbery going on. Oh, dude. <laughs> It's like clicking this thing a few times. When you start to think about it, it is pretty silly. Yeah. Yeah. You say what you want about Zack Snyder, but his director's cuts for BVS and, you know... It made more sense than the original. It made much more sense. It was longer. There was like half an hour. It was already a long movie, so I was in it for the long haul anyways. Yeah. Not Lord of the Rings Return of the King, oh, long, but... Oh, fucking bring that up. No, that's a, that's a whole commitment. It's like five minutes. You need to fucking have a whole commitment for that. And then, I remember the one time, we, I, I went, I, I traveled to the bug, and I came back fucking sick. We were just, like, all of us. So my dad decides, you know what? We've watched all the Lord of the Rings movies. Let's watch the appendices. We watched every single appendices for all the fucking movies. That was two days worth of material. Two fucking days. It was just like KO'd like, with, with, with the allergies or some medicine. Just like, oh, that's pretty interesting that they would try and do that. I remember like, there there's a scene where they made Sauron into like a real person. Like the Aragorn had to fight. My dad was like, that's fucking wild. <laughs> He's just high on allergies. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. Ah, uh, oh, shit. You have a low opinion of the Hobbit movies. I, uh, uh... I don't have a low opinion about the Hobbit movies. I just want to know why they, it was three movies. It was originally supposed to be two. Yeah. yeah. They really just... And there was no need to put in all that extra shit, like the darkness is rising, that kind of thing. The necromancer. Yeah, for fuck's sake. It was it's so, just Sora. It's just Sora. We know who the fuck 
this is? Why is there so much mystery? mystery? Just... We know who the guy is. Uh, I guess within, it's like one of those things like within the context of the timeline, it makes sense. Within the context from the viewer side, like, yeah. no fucking sense. Just leave it how it was. Yeah. There is a scene that perfectly encapsulates like the film does those movies to me. There's a scene where it's Bilbo and Gandalf and they're just sitting there. They can't really think of what to say. It's just like ah, uh, just like two minutes of them sitting there looking. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> man. Dude. That's just, I feel like that was the vibe on set. That's just, uh, I don't know what to do next, man. Just. There's a director's cut for that movie. Yeah. That added so much unnecessary shit. It was just like haha funny moments where they had, like, I don't know. There was, you remember they were going up to, to meet, like, the main orc? Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna buy the car. In the break, I'm gonna buy like a fucking frappuccino or some shit. Cause I need to yeah, hydrate. So main one. Yeah, it was just a scene where you remember that that one dwarf, that really big guy. He was just they were driving on the ice, and it was just him casually knocking off orcs. Yeah, yeah. It's just that that was in the director's cut. I was like, okay, that doesn't really add anything to the story, but go ahead. I feel like this director's cut was just for the sake of having one. Yeah, even in Lord of the Rings, the director's cut, a lot of the scenes were just, they didn't make any more sense. There was one of uh, Pippin and, uh, Merry and Pippin, they were like dancing on the tables during, in that green dragon inn. It just, it made no sense. It was just like a cool shot, I guess. I will still, I still cannot, even in the theatrical cut, the multiple endings of Return of the King. They have that, my friend, you know, when he like wakes up and like everything's all white and like they all come into the room and then there's like mad respect ending where he's like, King is like, my friends, you bow to no one. And then they go to the, the Shire and then they have a party and then they go to the pub and he's like, is this gonna end at some point? I mean, like, it was like a 12 hours commitment. I can wait an extra. But that yeah. scene when they were like, my friends, you bought that scene was. That was epic. That was a good They should have stopped there. Yeah. That would have been a good way to end the movie. But they needed to like explain why. Um, not Bobo. Why Frodo and Bobo were gonna leave. Because the ring really fucked both of them up. That ring. You notice that like the ring's power is never truly defined. Yeah, it's never really explained. But, like it's a lot. With uh, I can't remember her name, but she had like this white glow and okay. long flowing hair. And then when she sees the ring, she like freaks the fuck out. Like, Gala uh, Galadriel. Galadriel, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was creepy. That was such a creepy scene. I was like, where did this come from? I mean, that scene with uh. With like Frodo, where he sees the ring and his face goes all goggly and shit. That was, that was a nice jump scare. But fuck, that was Galadriel. She was creepy. Yeah, that was so. Creepy. Cause she's all like heavenly, nice and shit, and then she just drastically goes dark. Oh. Uh, that, that that ring's pretty. Oh, 
And on that note, we'll put a pin in this while my friend goes to get some refreshments. My voice is... <coughs> Step on who?